0: What's going on folks? Welcome to Weekly Kick with Tim Wheaton. I'm your host, Tim Wheaton. I appreciate your time. We're going to be covering off all the events and news happening in the world of kickboxing and Muay Thai. And last week, there were some major announcements in this realm of kickboxing, and I'm excited to talk about it all with you folks. So let's get to it. Let's start with the all-important news in the realm of kickboxing. K1 Kickboxing has just announced its partnership for distributing international fights in English. They will be on DAZN. Previously, they were only on Abima TV, which only distributes to Japan, but now you'll be able to watch K1 Kickboxing on zone, starting with their event with K1 Reboot, and I believe it should be Michael Chavello on that one calling it as well. Siddichai will be returned to the One Circle in Lumpini Stadium on One Friday Fights 32, booked for September the 8th. He will meet Mohamed Senari, Also, Abraham Vidalis versus Ahmed Sheik Musa in the competitive Glory featherweight division will meet at Glory Collision 6. We also have the big announcement, the one that you tuned in for. I know, we're going to talk about it more. Rico Verhoeven and Cookie Tariko Zaro have been announced for the Glory heavyweight title, Glory Collision 6, booked for November the 4th. We also have Donegi Abina was announced to face Tariq Kababes at Glory Collision 6, and they will unify the light heavyweight title. So let's talk a little bit about these massive announcements. So Rico Verhoeven here, he is the modern day king of kickboxing. He has 11 title wins to his name in glory kickboxing. He is creating a legacy where we are talking about him being Easily one of the all-time greats, top five, top 10 all-time greats in the history of the sport. He has incredible and exciting wins over fighters like Badr Hari and Jamal Ben Sadiq and Benjamin Adegbui and Peter Arts and people like this. He's just an awesome talent to watch and and he's a big deal. His return to glory is a massive, massive deal. He had a few years away uh, where he was, I think he had knee injuries and stuff like this. He was fighting in his own event and things like this. And now he's going to fight Cookie Tariq Hosaro. Now, Cookie Tariq Hosaro, I love this guy's story for getting to this point. He is a guy who truly changed the landscape of heavyweight kickboxing. Because for the last two years, all we talked about was trying to get Antonio Plazabot to face Rico Verhoeven. That was the fight we all wanted for the heavyweight title. And Glory knew that. And Glory really promoted uh, Antonio Plazabot, where he was headlining multiple events. He was going to press conferences and calling fights, even when he wasn't active and wasn't fighting. He was always showing up. Um, he was, Antonio Plazabot, Rico Verhoeven, was booked last year. Or sorry, no, actually earlier this year. Everything's getting melded together. Uh, Earlier this year, but due to a knee injury on the part of Rico Verhoeven, that event got cancelled. What Glory did instead was put together a one-night tournament where the winner will fight Antonio Plazabot for an interim heavyweight title. So everything's always based around Plazabot, and it was just meant to promote Plazabot even more. Here comes Cookie Torrico Saro, an underdog. And he comes in and wins the one-night tournament, beating all of his opponents via knockout. Awesome. Love it. And then next he gets to face PlazaBot for the interim title. He batters him for five rounds and finishes him in the fifth round. This was a major knockout and was a, a seismic shift in the world of heavyweight kickboxing. This is the new generation. This is the new rise. And I told him this. I know I keep coming back to it of saying he changed the landscape of heavyweight kickboxing. And I did tell him this. And he said, I'm only just getting started. So now let's look at his upcoming fight. Cookie Tariko Zaro and Rico Verhoeven will fight later this year on November the 4th. Does Cookie Tariko Zaro have a chance to beat the king of kickboxing? Absolutely. Because look, look, let's be real about Rico Verhoeven for a second. He's a tremendous talent, but his biggest, his biggest skill is his grit and determination because that's what we constantly see in fights with him because he gets hit. All of the time. You know, like, um, even in his last fight, Jamal Ben Sadiq, what, was he four punches away from winning? Was he one punch away from being the next champion? Badr Hari, one more knockdown? Would he have beaten Rico Verhoeven? Rico Verhoeven has the tremendous skill of getting beaten up in the first couple of rounds just to come back in the later rounds. And it creates tremendous stories. It creates great storytelling. And it creates great fights. Now, we're a few years on. You know, maybe is Rico Verhoeven still in his prime? We don't know. And that's, that's, you know, we'll see in the next fight because I'm not entirely certain of that, but everyone's going to be talking about that. Uh, he's also coming off a knee injury. He was fighting in his own event last year. Prior to that, he was a little bit inactive. He's been fighting less than once a year. Uh, he's been doing a lot of movie work. Uh, so his motivation, you know, we don't know. These are certainly taglines that they're going to use to sell the event. But if you're going to pick a moment to face Rico Verhoeven's in his own title reign. Now is probably the best time. Cookie Tariko Saro has the best chance of beating him out of any of the other opponents that Rico Verhoeven has faced for the last several years. And, like he said, he's just getting started. He is only just coming into his skills now. Before this, he was a physical presence and a very, uh, you know, intimidating fighter. Now he has so many more skills. He has so many more folds to his game. Cookie Tariq Ozaro may get it done, but you know I'm excited for it. Also on Glory Collision 6, Donegi Abina and Tariq Kababes will unify the light heavyweight titles. Uh, Donegi Abina won the title beating Sergei Masluboyev, uh, captured the throne then. Uh, Tariq th- He was supposed to face Tariq Kababes uh, earlier this year, just a few months ago, but due to food poisoning, Donaghy Abina was forced to pull out of the fight, and then there was some back and forth on Twitter. People didn't believe Donaghy Abina. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the true story. You know, he's fighting with glory at the same time. Tariq Abbes is yelling at him. Uh, all these things, but anyway. So Tariq Abbes faced someone else. Uh, so he won an interim title in the light heavyweight division. So this will be the champion versus the interim champion. Tariq Abbes is of course a fan favorite for good reason. He is a tremendous Moroccan fighter. Who has gone to war against everyone in this division? Uh, through sorry, through the light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions. He has faced people like Rico Verhoeven's and he's faced people like Sergey Masleboyev's and Luis Tavares and Antonio Plazabot and just had these awesome wars against them uh over and over again. Sorry, not Luis Tavares, I was thinking of Levy Richters. Um and he's an awesome fighter to tune in for. Like he had a fight of the year against Sergey Maselbojevich at Glory Collision 4. One of my favorite fights of all time. He digs deep. He always comes forward. Uh, just in tremendous determination. Now he has two TKO wins in a row and now he gets to face the champion, Donegi Abina. I really like Donegi Abina's story because he was a very promising talent. Professionally, he made his debut at like 17 or something like that. And then very quickly, he rose through the ranks and fought like Jarzinho Rosenstruck. He fought Jarzinho when he was like 18 or something like that. He entered glory and was very quickly fighting for the championship. And he had the opportunity to become the youngest champion in glory history. And he was fighting uh, tremendous talents like Artem Vakatov and Alex Pereira, Luis Tavares, uh, Sergei Maslaboyev and was struggling in these bouts. So essentially, he was a promising talent through this time and he was developing talent. After that, he changed camps, and it completely changed the trajectory of his career. So no longer was he just a promising talent. He became an incredible fighter. He became far more talented than what he was before. And it was amazing to see. So he beat Felipe Michelini to, to qualify for the title shot. He then beat Sergei Maslaboyev, and now he's going to be fighting Tariq Kababez. But uh, just a tremendous fighter. Uh, one of my favorites to watch. I like Donaghi Abina quite a bit. And uh, yeah, Glory Collision 6, co-main event, light heavyweight title. Uh, Glory Collision 6 on November 4th will also see the heavyweight title, The Return of Rico Verhoeven. I'm excited for it. Last week, we had the Rise World Series 2023 second round. It was an awesome fight series. Like, there was three major fights on this card that I want to talk about. The whole event was really exciting, and I really enjoyed watching it. This was their uh, ongoing tournament at 54 kilograms, where they have some pound-for-pound top fighters facing off. They have champions from the super flyweight and flyweight divisions coming in to this tournament, Uh, and it was awesome to see. And then what transpired in the bouts was about as good as you can get in kickboxing. They weren't brawls. They weren't wars. These were technical masterclasses going back and forth where one fighter, where fighters are making adjustments. So let, let's get to it. So Toki Tamura defeated Kasuki Osaki by defeating him uh, via unanimous decision. This was a really interesting fight and, um, Really enjoyed watching this bout. So Toki is a southpaw striker and Osaki, he's, he's a top pound for pound striker in kickboxing. Kazuki Osaki came out with a tight defense. He was putting on a lot of pressure. Uh, at one point it became a battle of like two peekaboo style fighters where both of them are leaning in with their gloves. Uh, the problem when you have that high guard, it does leave an opening for uppercuts and knees and things like that. Toki was able to find some openings. And and really he's got, Toki Tamura has really got a, a, a good eye for timing, because he was able to find a home for the left hook a few times, his lead left hook, uh, sorry, his lead hook, which would be his right hand, sorry, his lead hook, Um, and then in the third round, he landed another hook, and these really changed the trajectory, really changed the color of the fight, but this was a rematch from a few years ago, so now these two have fought twice, and it's 1-1 in the series. I think you could honestly, for how closely skilled these two gentlemen are, you could have them fight ten times or five times, and every time out you get a different result because of how close it was. So it was a majority majority decision. So one of the judges did score at a draw, uh, but yeah, Toki Tamura moves to the finals of this tournament, uh, which was an upset, and uh, and he's going to face the other upset in Kumandoi Petiyindi Academy, who was able to defeat Shiro Matsumoto by unanimous decision. And already this is probably me, probably my favorite fight of the year. I love this bout. This was such a good one. Shiro is so highly skilled. Kumandoi is so highly skilled. It was amazing to see. Um, Again, it it wasn't a brawl. This was two highly skilled fighters at the peak of their game squaring off. So let's take a look at it because they were making lots of adjustments. So Shiro has a very good right hand and he was landing it for the first minute there. Uh, He would also fake his right hand into other things like uh, low kicks and Kumandoi countered this by throwing lots of lead body kicks so it would have been his left kick to the body and then what that causes is uh, Shiro's right hand has to stay glued to his face and body to protect himself from getting kicked and then that shuts down the right hand a lot more and then Shiro wasn't able to figure out the timing you know he was trying to counter here and there but just couldn't get the timing right because of how good Kumandoi's lead kick is Um, and then the lead kick was the story of this entire fight it was awesome to see the lead kick to the body and he even got a knockdown scored off of it because he threw lead kick, keeping the right hand tight. He did another lead kick, He did a third lead kick in a row into a punching combination and scored a knockdown. And it looked like Shiro looked pretty compromised there, in all honesty. Um, But Shiro got up and began making adjustments. So against a very heavy kicker, what you can do is pressure this fighter a lot. Always have him on the back foot because it's harder to kick Going backwards, it's harder to kick. Um, you know, if your if your opponent is always pressuring you, um, but even then, the the kicks and the punches, everything from Kumandoi was just absolutely amazing. Even while being pressured, he still has the snap on it. He's still so quick on it um even with the adjustments back and forth it was a very close fight but Kumandoi got it done got the decision so now Toki tomorrow and Komandai will meet later this year in December for the final match of this tournament and we got two underdogs going to the final after two really impressive bouts i can't wait for it rise has has done such a great job this year in putting together these divisions and developing these divisions. So they don't have champions fighting bums every once in a while. They are developing the talent in these divisions. (sighs) Awesome to see. Awesome, awesome to see. In the main event of this card, you had Yaman, and he is a superstar in the making. So Yaman fought Hiroto Yamaguchi, uh, and Yaman was able to win via second round knockout. And it was exactly as we expected that Yaman would go to war in this bout he got dropped in the first round and then rallied back to win a knockout in the second round and this was for an open-fingered kickboxing world title now yaman has all the makings of a superstar with his press conferences and walkouts and his fighting style and that's why he got the main event spot on this bout but i want you folks to also go and learn about his story because he is just has a tremendous story uh patrick on patrick on beyond kickboxing wrote a really good story about him and about his life and how he rose to kickboxing, about how he's been an underdog his entire life, not just in kickboxing, but in all things in life. Uh, He was raised by a single mother because his father was having drug issues. They lost all their money at one point. And it's a tremendous story. So I will put the link down below in the description for you folks to read. Um, But yeah, I just, Yaman is one of those people. Definitely keep an eye on him because he is one of the most entertaining fighters in kickboxing with maybe one of the best stories. We also had this weekend Crush 152. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this, but there was two fights on it that were a ton of fun. Uh, Crush always is always an exciting bout. They're not always the biggest names, but it's always a ton of fun to watch. So Kazuki Mabiro was able to defeat... Hyung Wu Park by first round knockout by battering his body. It was a ton of fun to watch. You also had Yuta Matsuyama defeat Wu Hyung Jang by knockout in the first round using a flying knee. Oh, just electric. Exciting to see. Um, These aren't out on YouTube just yet, so I will put the links down below for the Twitter account where you can see them. Uh, They're on the official Twitter account. I won't put them next to my head because I don't think K1 likes that. Um, Anyway, for the Rise fights that I was just talking about a minute ago, uh, they will be on the Rise YouTube channel in the coming days as well. So let's get to RWS Muay Thai, which was happening last week. They were getting to the final four of two of their tournaments. So let's start with the male tournament that was on this one. You had Lam Nam Moonlek was able to defeat Bua after quite a back and forth war. It was a really exciting fight of two guys who are currently Highly ranked in pound-for-pound pound Muay Thai. Like top 10 guys in pound-for-pound pound Muay Thai. Um, we also had Samingdet was able to defeat Petch Dam via decision. So now in the final upcoming later this year, Samingdet and Laman Moonlek will meet in the finals for this tournament with 3 million baht on the line. You also had the women's final four with Somrat Sami was able to get a, a, a unanimous decision win over Kamlai Pech In an upset victory, Nong Nongpraijan Luxai Kongdin was able to defeat Sevgi Jim. This was quite an upset, but it was a really good fight. It was a back and forth war between these two, and it was awesome to see. They were landing tons of elbows against one another, but you can see by the Luxai Kongding sisters, who were ringside for this bout, how much it meant, and how much, how exciting it was to see them overcome Sevgi, who was by far the favorite to win the entire tournament. So now we have Somrat Sami and Nong Prejin will fight later this year for the women's final. But whenever one of the Luksai kongden sisters fight, you always see all the comments being like, uh, how many sisters are there? Like, how many girls are there? How many are there? Well, there's a lot. There, so the, I will tell you about the Luksai kongden family because they're a really interesting story. But how many sisters are there in fighting? There's five. And how many boys are there in fighting? There's four and they're all siblings. Overall, this one gentleman, this one family, has 16 siblings in total. Their father, who is named Noparet, uh, founded a gym, the Sai Kongden Gym, to train all of his children in boxing and Muay Thai. And his motivation was that, you know, I've got a lot of kids. He said he was in a pretty rough neighborhood in Bangkok, and he can't have all these kids just running around. So he needs to put them in something so that they can grow and essentially keep busy so they're not getting into other issues. So he said, here's a direct quote from their father on his reason for founding the gym. He said, it was already a big problem in my youth. My friends who became junkies are all dead. And that was his motivation for founding the gym. Uh, So now a a lot of the Luke Sai Congdon people are quite notable. Some of them have won regional or amateur titles in boxing and Muay Thai, and the boys and girls all train together. Out of the sai Kongden family, it's, there's no doubt that Ida is the most famous, and there's two big reasons for that. One of them is, yeah, she's married to Rod Deng. That's definitely going to be a big deal. Um, the second is that she's a little bit of a trailblazer in that she was the first woman to fight in Rajad Damnern Stadium. So the historic Rajad Dominar Stadium, which goes back 70 years, never allowed women to compete. He, uh, it was only a recent development in 2021 where women were allowed to compete. And, and we'll get to that in just one minute. But I want an, another quote from their father. Uh, he said about developing these fighters and training bo- his boys and girls. Uh, so the Sai Congdon father, he said, boys are stronger and more athletic, but can make up for less strength by mastering the techniques. I'm not proud of their belts. I'm proud of their resolve and character. I don't care if they win or lose. I just want them to do their best. Given a chance, women can be great fighters. And his daughter, Ida, became the first woman uh, to compete in Raja Damner Stadium. So she made history. Now, the reason that women weren't allowed to fight in Muay Thai for so long is because uh, in the culture, they believed women were somehow cursed. There's a story from quite a few years ago where the first fight on the card a gentleman had a cut, and the nurse went, went and inspected the cut. But the nurse was a woman. And then every fight that night ended in a very bad, bloody knockout. So that's the story. Some people have looked into this, and they can't quite verify that this is true, but that's the story that has persisted. So women were not allowed to enter the ring in Muay Thai, uh, in Muay Thai stadiums, Lumpini and Raja Damnard, uh, whether it's even as a doctor or a corner person or for any reason like that. They were told don't touch the ring because you'll you'll screw it up you'll mess it up in a way. Uh, so it was it wasn't until 2021 that women were allowed to compete. There were there was even signs placed ringside of ladies please don't touch the ring don't touch the stage. Uh, but I think even now there's certain traditions that they're trying to uphold of like women can't go over the top rope for various reasons they have to go through the very bottom rope. Um, so there's still growth going on. But yeah, Luke's Jim gym family uh, continues to be a, a great pillar of Muay Thai uh, and a great pillar of women in Muay Thai. And that's really great to see. So hopefully we learned a little something from that. Now, next week. Uh, there's so much going on next week. So this week I thought, ah, uh, let's talk Rico. I'll talk about women in Muay Thai because I need to fill time somehow. Next week, uh, uh, it's going to be nonstop. I'm, I, I, I think there's so much going on. So we have Glory88 from Paris. That's going to be James McSweeney and Badr Hari. We also have Wu Ling Fang having an event from China, and it looks quite good, so I'm going to try to cover it a little bit for you folks. RWS Muay Thai on September the 9th is having one of their major events with people like Danny Rodriguez and Petch Morakot. They have K1 fighters in it, but more than anything, they have Buakau in it, so it's going to be an absolutely massive event. Uh, after that, you also have K1 Reboot is booked for September the 10th. So between September 9th and 10th, there's like four big kickboxing events but really there's three major kickboxing events in just those two days Uh, so that's what we will cover off next week folks i really appreciate your time um, and joining me for all this hopefully we learned a little bit Um, if there's any other notes or questions or corrections please let me know contact me on instagram twitter or comment down below i'll put the links down for everything that i was talking about um, including the rise and k1 knockouts that maybe i wasn't able to show here Uh, but folks thank you so much for joining me